This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, friends. Have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships? My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach, and within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. We're so excited to hear your questions today. I am joined by my bestie, my lit senior teacher, physical therapist extraordinaire, Kristen Williams. Hey, Laura. Hey, everybody. Uh, So (laughs) glad to be here. As always, we are going to really kick this off with a great question that was sent in via Instagram by Nick Duller. She's actually from Austria. And she said, Dear Kristen, I have a question for the podcast and would be very grateful for any tips. For about 1.5 weeks, I can't lift my arms up sideways. It gets stuck pretty soon, even before reaching shoulder height. I then can only lift them in a forward angle or when grabbing one shoulder with my hand and guiding the arm. It seems my shoulders, especially my left one, move forward in space and something on both shoulders blocks and a muscle connecting to my neck, connecting my neck to the shoulder area pops up. This muscle is super tight since having this trouble. It also leads to headaches on the very tight side. The shoulders themselves do not hurt, but my range of motion is limited and sometimes the front of my upper arm tightens up when trying to lift them. 
This problem occurred soon after I was doing a funky dolphin on both sides very eagerly and was swimming in very lively waters. My regular physical therapist is on holiday and maybe you have an idea how to get this area unstuck as the upper back upper body and back slash shoulder slash neck scapula area are very tight and I can almost feel the chain reaction of things pulling on each other. I'm also sitting a lot, computer work and lots of traveling and try to be aware of posture and mobilize my body. But these days due to this issue, my upper body and thoracic mobility that per se is poor are very limited. I try to mobilize my shoulders with specific lit classes and roll the area between the shoulder blades with a ball, yet no improvement. Any suggestion how to get the range back? Uh, she said, thank you. I will also go see a new uh, physical therapist in, a, in some days, but being a lit regular, regular, I appreciate the immense knowledge you hold. Thanks for your amazing classes. And so she did a video for us to really show um, what's happening. She did, she did it from the front and from the back. I will show. So go to YouTube, by the way, yes. if you're listening to this and you want to see this, but we'll describe it to you. But if you want to actually see it, yep. Kristen is going to show us the video and I'll, we'll kind of describe what's happening. So she's going to start facing forward and I haven't even shown it to Laura this yet, but so here she is. Hmm. So what we're saying, we're, we're so focused on seeing it is just, um, some interesting scapula. It's really a discoordination. You know, there's all kind of different PT terms like dyskinesia, but it's really a, it's, it, there's a, the coordination is not happening. It was interesting when I saw this um, from the back for the first time at the beginning of the podcast, I immediately was like, is she a swimmer? Cause that's what came to mind. And then of course, when they said she was swimming, yeah. the bottom line is this, um, no one incident or movement or kind of class or anything like that is going to make your shoulder like ha this, it might happen after one incident, but it's, this is like for anything, anytime you have a dysfunction, a pain, uh, like mobility change, this is something that's been brewing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's very clear that what she's not doing off of the mat is is what we're going to focus on, which is, or what is happening off the mat. Um, she's sitting a lot. What I see is her scapula are just, um, they're, they're literally, it's kind of like if you had a marionette and you have, you know, I, I if you have like, and you're, you know, controlling the legs and the arms. And then there's like these extra finger, like these extra fingers out here that are supposed to control the hands. And it feels really like not attached because you really control the body. But that's kind of what it is. The scapular, like they are not getting this communication from the brain in any kind of um, expedited way, much less even probably in a slow way that um, during a functional movement. So there is her, so we start off with position. We always talk about triple S. Well, here is a very good example of why triple S is important. Her head is forward. One of her scapula is uh, depressed starting off and the other one seems to be elevated, but it might not actually be elevated just compared to the other side, which is definitely depressed. So the side that's depressed, I think probably upper trap weakness. 
probably all kinds of weakness around the scapula, not just upper trapezius. So what happened when when you go above 90 degrees, you have three muscles that are are the leaders of it, but they're not all the muscles. Like so again, we talk about muscles, but they are they don't work on their own. But those three muscles, if they aren't doing a good amount of the legwork, then other things will come in and help out. So to me, it's clear serratus anterior, upper trapezius, and lower trapezius are not firing in any kind of coordinated way. That's why you get this kind of stuck, and then it's like all of a sudden it wings up really quickly. Maybe that wasn't happening as much before, but it, I'm sure it was happening. Maybe she just it wasn't an, it wasn't as obvious. Um, so what do we do with that? Well, you got to pay attention to the, the scapula to me are like the screaming, you know, the screaming kids. You got to attend to them, but you got to pay attention to the neck. The neck is forward. I could see that. And when you're talking about headaches, all of these things are signaling there's, there's, a, there's a lot happening. Now, we talk about the musculoskeletal system and the nervous system, but we have to also think about like, what, how's your breathing? Are you, how are you... Uh, regulating your stress? How are you moving your body around, moving that fascia, moving the lymphatics that are within the fascia? It's like so much. And that's why I want to say all that, not to overwhelm, but to show you that there's not going to be one answer. There's going to be a lot to do. And isn't that great? Because it's all going to help. All the reset stuff should be helpful. Um, you're seeing a PT, that's great. Because if I saw you, I would be doing some, a lot of very like hands-on reinforcement because you, you just don't know that that scapula is not gliding well. Some kinesiology taping might help again, because that's just a little bit neuro neurological feedback. Spending a lot of time in quadruped and sliding the scapula around, putting the hands on the wall, sliding the scapula around below 90 degrees because you just have to get them really, I like, I like to say, soaking it in your brain. Like your scapula need to come in and not be these like pinky marionette players. They need to be in the middle and they just aren't. And it's going to take a while. So you got to soak it. You have to video yourself. You have to watch. If the scapula is popping up, I don't care about that. A lot of people start freaking out about that. That is not, if it's in the middle and neutral and popping up, that's fine. You're, it's going to get stronger. What we need to get, we need it to get to neutral to start off. So neutral is about two inches away from midline on either side. And it is not like you're, when you look at the humeral head, it's pretty much straight out from the, the bottom of the neck. If that humeral head is lower, which one side definitely was, you have a lengthened, strained muscle that needs to get strengthened. There's so much more to say, but Mobilize your scapula, stabilize your scapula, and do it in weight-bearing and non-weight-bearing as well, and then watch your position at work. Well, and I, I love that you mentioned that. I mean, I think um, if we look back mechanism of injury, so you're telling us what you do at work is you, you sit at a computer and you travel a lot. So, I mean, you are, we know based on what you're doing all day that you are not going to be strong in your scapula. And then, so you love lit, which is fabulous. Funky Dolphin is arguably one of the most challenging unilateral scapular positions we put you in. I would argue that. Would you agree, mm -hmm. Laura? Like one, yeah. 
So you, you're gung-ho, you're maybe trying into some inversions because you love lit and you're excited. And then you go out and you're swimming in crazy water, like maybe it was um, a lot of uh, waves. So chicken or the egg, doesn't matter. Um, most injuries occur from overuse. And so if I had to argue, we know you don't, probably didn't have the strength to start. And I'm not, that's no judgment. That's everyone. Everybody. Like Everybody. if you're not walking around, crawling on your hands. Yes. All the way up into your 20s, you probably don't have the good, nope. the scapular stability. So you're not no. alone. It's everyone. You're not alone. The only reason I've got it is because I do yoga every day and I still see differences left to right. I so, still shake in, in many of these poses, yes. by the way, so, because it's still so, like I'm soaking an area that is not yep. getting soaked in much of the daily life. Absolutely. So that I think is why it happened is it was just, it was the perfect storm of you love lit, you um, were excited, and then you just so happened to right after be on a windy day, whether it was, the, you know, at the ocean and your shoulders were like, well, you know, the, those muscles, which already were probably a little dysfunctional, got out of whack. So that's what Laura was talking about. The, the brain map. You'd be surprised how um, complex a movement pattern is to upwardly rotate the scapula, to elevate the arms requires so many different, we call force couples, you know, where these muscles have to work together neuromuscularly. And we can see it, it's not happening. I mean, one side was going up real quick. The other side, it was like holding, holding, and then woo, it flew up. Just goes to show that those trapezius, upper, middle, lower, and your serratus are completely out of whack. They aren't working together to get that scapula up, to lift. And so you're feeling it up into your neck because, you know, something's overworking, something's underperforming, and it's just kind of wreaking havoc around the body. So what to do, just what you said, Laura, dial it back get into quadruped, start, get into supine and work on feeling your scapula on the back, you know, work on that. Laura, you talk about that, bringing the scapula forward. You know, you need to get stable in neutral before we start moving in uh, more advanced ways. And so when you're talking about swimming, I mean, that's a ton of uh, scapular thoracic movement against resistance through a full range. So again, it was just the unfortunate perfect storm, but start in supine, go to prone. You know, you can Google, I'm sure Laura and I both have some stuff on there. Some My shoulder work. workshop, I will tell you the strong and stable shoulder, it is great. There you, you won't go. do all of it, but you there are so many broken down little drills in there using the block because you're going to get a ton of proprioceptive feedback. Yeah. Um, I, I just had one analogy I was thinking of. See, sometimes this just comes up, right? If you've ever been to like a middle, like a, I don't know what it would be in Austria, but like a younger kid school concert and they're doing handbells, right? And they have to learn when their handbell goes, when their handbell goes. So they're like, dun, 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 dun. So just <laughs> imagine they don't know what the hell they're doing. It's a cacophony, right? So the coordination we don't want dysfunction to mean like you have a problem. It's the coordination of the ringing is not there because it hasn't been trained, right? And you're not alone. 
So it's like you got to go back and learn. Oh, that's where I come in. Oh, that's where I come in. You slow it down. You get, and the other, one other ad thing, I, the moment you're showing us this abduction, I would stay away from abduction for a while. It's just too many other things to contend with. And I would really go forward, add an active protraction when you're at 90 degrees. So you bring the arm straight up, you get to 90 degrees where your wrist is even with your shoulder and you slide the scapula out a little bit, and that should help the turning on of the straightest to get that, especially that side that's lagging. So I would uh, try that. Yeah, and I think you will you will get better. I think if you just dial it back and start, mm -hmm. start from the basics. Yeah, and this goes for everyone. The shoulder is very complex. It's but isn't that cool? It's so complex because it is. It allows us to do so many things: interact, bring groceries up, heavy load, put them up on the shelf, all these things. But then if we aren't attending to the mechanics at some point, we can have some breakdowns. And that's really, again, it's it's just the brain mapping isn't as robust as it needs to be. So you just go back and get weight bearing and get the scapula strong, mobile, and stable. Yep. All right. Report back to us. Okay. So Here's another question. This has, she didn't really have pain. She had some mobility stuff, right? She had headaches. Um, this person, Sonia, is pain an indication when we should stop doing something? My SI joint will sometimes hurt after going to the gym. Um, yeah. Do you want me to start? I'll start. Yeah, so, you go ahead. Yeah. You start. Um, you know, pain is a funny, funny little, funny little thing. Um, I don't think pain should tell you to stop doing something. What, what I do with pain is pain makes me reevaluate what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Um, pain is, I talk about pain as being a story. I talk about range of motion loss as being a story. Is your body is telling you that either you're, you're doing something um, that you shouldn't be doing. So, and I don't mean what you're doing at the gym. It could be what you're doing at the gym, but you know, look and see what are you doing throughout the day? What did you do before you went to the gym? So I use pain, certainly not to tell me not to do something, but I will definitely evaluate. So if you're having low back pain after the gym, I would look to make sure that you are doing a proper preparation. That's why we do the reset so that you are working in neutral, neutral and really dialed into your, uh, you know, your, your core to your breath work, that your hips are, you know, moving the way they need to be moving, that you're moving at the hips and not at the spine. So again, think of pain as information. Uh, and it's really, it's like your body waving the little white flag and it's not saying stop, don't do this anymore. It's saying, how can you do this better? So look to see what you're doing at the gym, but also look to see what you're doing before and after. Do you have anything else like to add to that? I kind of jumped right in. I have so much to add, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. We need to reframe pain and what it means. Obviously, pain, the sensation of pain is real. Let's like, we're not saying, oh, you don't. Have, but when something like that happens, like Kristen said, it, it probably wasn't something necessarily you did at the gym, but something you did at the gym told your body in some way via your brain that you're 
in some kind of stress, in some kind of danger, in some kind of instability, right? These are, we have to start thinking like pain is telling me, yeah, maybe my form wasn't great. Maybe I was not breathing well. Maybe I was lifting too much load. And that made my, you know, my brain think, holy crap, you're going to fall, you know, so you're going to perish. You know, it's, we don't know. Um, our brain is going on a little bit of a loop based on some of our stuff in the ha past, um, habits, the information we give it. So if we're giving an information that it's unfamiliar with, that feels unstable, that can be one reason. I like to look at it as this. Your SI joint is the place you're having pain. It is not the place you're having a problem or you're having an imbalance. My absolute gut, if I were to work with you and I would, I try not ever make an assumption, but I'm sure you do the same thing. We've seen enough people. I'm, I'm betting that you're not moving your hips well and you're compensating with your back. If you aren't using your glutes well, your glute maximus attaches to the dorsal SI ligament. I mean, SI, dorsal SI ligament. So it is by contracting the glutes well, like extending the hip, and then you can imagine adding load like with hip thrust or squats or something, um, that is giving that ligament stability by through its attachment. Now, say your glutes aren't working. That, S, that SI ligament also attaches to the fascia of the erector spinae. So they are going to take the load that your glutes, which are way bigger and way more prepared, they're going to take it there. And what is going to be the victim? The SI joint, because it's getting tugged on from above, no support from below. Oh, I'm, and it's fearful. And your brain is pretty smart. It's like, I think that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> Based on my human experience of knowing how important the glute max is, and your brain is somewhat hardwired in that way to know, like, this is not a movement I recognize as being safe. So I would say use the, the area of pain as, a, as a, like the starting position place of where the issue is not <laughs> and look around. Look above, maybe you're not well, moving well in your thoracic uh, spine, but my gut is you're not, probably the hips and ankles, there's something going on there, and the burden is being placed on the SI joint, but it's not the SI joint's fault. There's so much more to that. You could be like not using your abdominals well, you could be pushing them out. There's lots of contributors. Um, so dial it back, have somebody look at your form. It does matter. We are, it's, we're not just bones and muscle and fascia and all that. There's other things to consider, but those are the things that move us. <laughs> and, and the brain is orchestrating all that. Ah, so that's all I'll say, but have You're faith like, that, yeah, have look faith elsewhere. That, yeah, look out. Yeah. I've, I, I had the best kinesiology teacher. She was like five foot. She, she was, she's like, don't look at the pain. Don't look at the pain. I, if I don't remember anything else, like her screaming that in her wonderful accent. And I am so grateful because that she was pretty ahead of her time um, because the modern medical model is the pain is here. This is what we're going to look at. This is what we're going to treat. And she was, you know, she was a kinesiologist. She's an expert. She's like, the pain is here. That is not where the issue is. And I'm 
glad that was my roots. Okay, let's see. We got some other questions. Um, someone asked us, "What? How do we? How do we balance?" This is a, uh, for a little, add a little personal question in there. How do we balance between our work life and doing yoga? And yeah, I mean, you want to well, go ahead? And it's an interesting question for us because our work life is doing yoga. <laughs> I know, so I know. We're kind of a we're kind of a biased audience here. Yeah. But I can certainly say back before I was, um, you know, certainly since we hit COVID and started doing a lot more, you know, um, we were filming for Lit Daily, but we were not doing Zoom. And Zoom is different where you practice with. Um, I was not, people would say, my gosh, you must just be so flexible or you must be in such good shape. You're all this yoga. And I'm like, I'm really not doing that much yoga because I was teaching a lot. So I like to think of it, maybe this question, I'm going to reframe for me in a way that it's like, how do you balance your work life and your exercise life? Because, mm. you know, that's a, that's a, a great question. And um, y yes, yoga is my number one, like on my Apple watch, the thing at the top every time is yoga because it's what I do the most, but then it's walking and, and, and jogging. Um, and I schedule it into my day. So, I mean, I am an early bird. I, I know that on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, when I get up and I run, and I did the same thing for the last 20 years. I've always been in, I would have my first patient anywhere from 6.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. So I would be getting up early to get my workout in. I did the same thing when I started teaching for you, Laura. I said, I want to teach an early morning class because I know that that's when I do it. A lot of other people feel the same way. So I would teach at 5 a.m., 5, you know, for me, it's 5 a.m. It's 6 a.m. in the East Coast. Um, so that is how I've always balanced work. Now, back when my kids were littler, I would go work out after because I, I would have daycare. I would go to a gym where they had daycare. So if, if you're a mom, you know, dealing with with children, that that can play a role uh, where you have to make those. Again, it's all scheduling um, and it's. For me, exercise is is joy, and I feel I feel like something's missing if I don't move in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't mean I'm a gym rat because I'm not. And some days that might just be teaching my stretch class and walking my dogs. That's it. Other days it's going run. This morning I ran for six miles. I've done a yoga class, you know. So it's like it can be a whole lot more. But um, I schedule it in. And this morning I did not want to get up, but I what I do I still got up. And then by the time I kind of got myself going, I was like, "Ooh!" so that's how I do it. It's in my schedule. How about you, Laura? I, I could not agree more. And I mean, this is obviously case dependent. There's people out there who, you know, have kids, don't have a partner, you know, have more than one, all these kind of things. So you have to do what is best for you. But what I will say is I am driven, and I don't know if that's because I'm the daughter of a doctor and there's just, you were all wellness people, but I am driven to take care of myself. And there are many ways I can do better. And that's the thing. I, I'm not, I'm not there by any means. I'm always like, okay, like I was doing an assessment. I'm like, I got to get more water in. I've got to wake up and I'm just making myself drink. It is not what I want to do. It's not joyful. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to have coffee and sip it, but I am getting more in the habit of getting up and having a, um, a big thing of water because I am not getting enough water during the day because I'm moving around so much. And then I'm like, oh, I got to, 
you know, teach or film or meet somebody or do a podcast. I can't drink that much because I'll. So there's, I think, just whatever it is in your work movement balance, prioritize movement as much as you can. Prioritize your wellness as much as you can. We have been sold a really not good bag of goods of what we consider goods, which is you work hard, you get the job, you buy a house, all these kind of things, acquisition, acquisition. And no one is preaching, except from a young age, I fortunately got it, but in general, how we have this glorious life that is inside of us that moves with us or not. And we need to take care of it. And it doesn't have to be five hours. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes. Drink more water. Get up and move a little bit. Take the stairs. All the, you know, stuff we hear about. But you have to do it for you, not for weight loss, not for because somebody's telling you to do it. Don't look at people on Instagram who are doing this as their job. We're not good examples because it's written in our schedule and we still have to schedule things. Schedule it for yourself. You must schedule it so it becomes a habit, it becomes a pattern, and it becomes something that you and your body crave. And yeah, it should bring joy because it's making your life richer. Uh, we have one body, people. If I could just scream from the mountains, one body, one body, one body. And at the, you know, try being injured and being in bed, all the other things fall away. You All you want to do is get the fuck out of bed and move. <laughs> so so don't wait for that. I didn't mean to turn this into a PSA, but I get so passionate about it because we're not taught this. It isn't a priority. The way we look is a priority, not the way we feel. Our feelings are very much connected to how we are moving and caring for our body a lot more than the mirror tells us. So do the movement, schedule it, and also be, have a lot of grace. If you have a lot going on at this time in your life, you're not going to get big chunks. Get little chunks, get them when you can, involve your children, involve your coworkers, whatever it is. But those, if you can just put in an extra five minutes, extra five minutes here, at the end of the day, it all adds up. And I bet you'll feel better. <sighs> Amen, sister. Amen. I'm sorry. Can you tell I got off like a, a right. long private from yesterday? And it was really, half of it was convincing uh, this wonderful client of mine who I've been working with for a while that if she deserves to take time for herself and that she has to because no one else is going to do it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, bless you all. Keep coming back for more. Ask us questions. We'll answer. Take what you want. Remember, apply it to yourself. We're just trying to give the, the best um, words that we can provide from our own experience. So thank you so much. Write us at support at yoga.com. Any question, we will answer any of them. Um, or you can find us on Instagram. I'm at laura.hyman. And I'm at kbwilliams99. So thank you so much for joining us each and every week. Please rate and review uh, on whatever format Platform. you like to listen yeah. to. Yeah. And uh, as and always. We, yeah. As always, we're pulling for you. We are. More than ever today. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that got passionate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.